everybody. Welcome to Momletics. I'm your host, Rebecca Sheehan. In my career as a TV journalist, my goal was to find and to tell intrinsically interesting stories that almost anyone can relate to. Stories where you might not have much or anything in common with the main players, but the emotions tied to their circumstances, whether it's elation or heartbreak, are universal. Our guest today has one of those stories. Taryn Gregson, host of the Faithful Freedom podcast, landed, then lost her dream job, but picked herself up and is now more determined than ever to help people who are often in very different situations from her own, but have one thing in common. They feel their freedom was taken away, and now they're fighting back. In my conversation with Taryn, we'll talk about her journey, the freedom fight she's now devoted to, and as a mom herself, the topics she feels all parents should be paying attention to. Taryn Gregson, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Rebecca. I'm so excited to chat with you, especially our uh, background that we have with one another. Of course. Yeah, it's been a while. Taryn and I knew each other when I was a reporter in St. Louis, and she was a Fox Sports Midwest broadcaster. Yeah, I was working in the St. Louis sports media scene whenever we crossed paths. And, you know, it's crazy how much things have developed on the journalism side in that short period of time. We were kind of working while social media came on to the scene. We both probably at the same time, you know, were thrust into uh, multimedia and backpack journalism and this age of finding new and alternative ways to consume your content outside of the mainstream media that you and I both worked in at one point in time. And here we are not anymore, um, you know, really trying to, to dig deeper into these stories and find the truth. Yeah, the two of us were mainstream media. Now we're both podcasting. It just shows how different the media landscape is today. It is so different. It's a really exciting time for consumers because I think that people had inklings prior to 2020 that, you know, we weren't getting all of the information that we should have been getting. Then when the pandemic happened, people really started to look for alternative media and find the facts for themselves because they knew they weren't getting it from the mainstream media. And so that has ushered in a really exciting time, I think, for um, the people across the globe to be able to find truth. So now us as consumers can hold journalists accountable by, you know, voting with where we're spending our time consuming content and the the subscriptions that we're purchasing. So if you want as a consumer to really get the truth, you need to support these smaller media um, individuals, outlets, nonprofits, what have you, that are trying to forge a new path forward in journalism. I love that, Taryn. And that's a great point. Part of the reason I started Momlytics is because just talking to other parents, so many of them said, we have no idea where to consume news these days because you really can't trust Instagram as a news source, even though sadly that's where most people get their news. But the mainstream media is just so slanted nowadays that it's just so hard to find that true north. I love it. I think it's really important. I think that we saw sort of the emergence of citizen journalism, right? Whenever we were in the mainstream media scene. And, um, you know, that has really paved the way to where we are now that, you know, we're able to chase after these facts. We're seeing so many, so much wonderful reporting going on. And so now 
you and I and everybody watching and listening to us can take ownership of the content that they are consuming by not just, you know, finding people that are actually giving them useful information and pointing them where to go, but taking it then a step further and actually looking at it themselves and, um, you know, deciphering what's true and what's not. So how did you get here? Because when we first met several years ago, well, COVID hadn't happened yet, but you were more focused on sports and not medical freedom, et cetera. God had a crazy plan that I had no idea <laughs> he had for me. But yeah, I was, you know, over a decade into my sports media career. I had worked as a reporter, as a host, um, producer, you name it, for Fox Sports Midwest, CBS Sports, the St. Louis Cardinals. And um, then finally with the PGA Tour, where I was for six years until I was fired November 2021 for vaccine and religious discrimination while I was pregnant. And so that was right in the middle of the mandates coming down across the country. And I was in the middle of my pregnancy. I had two COVID babies. I had a baby in 2020 and then a baby in um, 2022. And so I had already been going down that path of looking into um, the shots. I looked into both the scientific data and the religious side of the vaccines. So then whenever I was being asked to uh, get the shot, I was there was no way that was happening because I had already gone down that path. And so I went through the religious exemption process. It was grueling and they really pressed hard and um, were questioning my faith a lot at every step. What do they um, say to question your faith? I'm just curious. You know, if you had to do an interview, cross-examining your religious beliefs, it was just really intrusive, right? You know, them asking you things that had nothing to do with your religion. And, you know, if you as a child had gotten immunizations, which obviously you have no control over that when you're a kid. And, um, you know, if you had ever things like, well, have you ever taken Tylenol? Because, you know, that uh, that contains aborted fetal cells as well as these shots and or the and all these different things, like just totally pressing into personal areas of your life that you should not have to be questioned by anyone, let alone an employer um, to these personal questions. And so that was a very intrusive process. And through the end of it, they did eventually acknowledge my sincerely held religious beliefs after I wrote so many different things. I dove into scripture. I dove into my Bible. I had a letter from my pastor. My husband and I were very involved in our church. So they eventually um, acknowledged that. And then they started handing down these very discriminatory rules for those of us, very few of us that opted not to get vaccinated after, you know, months and months of pressure to do so. We were all working from home. We had been working from home for 19 months. I had a home studio set up. You couldn't tell the difference between my, my show prior and my show um, from my home studio. And so they said, you know, you have to come back into the office, no exceptions, and you have to wear a mask and you have to test. We were in the state of Florida where there were never mask mandates put into place. So as soon as I would have left that building, um, I could have gone anywhere else and um, you know, not had to wear a mask. So I just asked, can I continue to work from home until my baby's born? I was in my third trimester, just starting to be in my third trimester. Can I just work from home until we figure this out? Uh, they said, no, 
they fired me and they allowed my immediate team around me to continue working from home for a month after they fired me. So a lot of discrimination happening. And eventually they did lift their those um, discriminatory practices um, before my baby was even born. So I would have been able to go into the office not being discriminated against. So what happened after you got fired? Wow. After I got fired, We the Patriots USA, which is a nonprofit 501c3 organization that works to team people up with uh, legal representation and help fund their cases to do so because these are very, very expensive. They stepped in. They took on my case. We are waiting for a final ruling from the Florida Human Rights Commission. So that's why we really need prayers. We um, were, It's up in the air on what's going on. But there is a recent Supreme Court ruling, uh, the Groff case, that came down um, in the month of June that showed that an employer has to prove that by you know, accommodating you, it is going to cost them a significant amount of money. And, you know, in my case, I had already been working from home and um, my numbers actually on all my shows went up during the time that I was working from home. And so that's huge, not just for my case, but for cases all over the United States. This is big. And so we, the Patriots USA, stepped in right after I was fired and came alongside me. And they also helped me launch my show, Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. We hit our 100th episode earlier this summer, and we are now nationwide on several radio stations throughout America. We're on Red Voice Media, and you can also check us out on Rumble. So it's been a whirlwind, to say the least, um, now that I'm in this freedom fighting realm. It's been really awesome to have a voice for them and to give them a platform for all the wonderful work that they are doing throughout the U.S. We've also just came off a We the Patriots USA National Conference in Boise, Idaho earlier this summer where I was among several wonderful speakers like Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Ryan Cole, Charlie Kirk. And um, now we are working on a documentary that is set to come out this fall, Shot Dead. You can see the trailer at shotdead.org. You know, we have a lot of documentaries out there talking about the data and uh, the manipulation and, and what went on, but we were dedicated to showing the lives, the real people, what these people went through, what they're still going through, and just the horror of what they're facing and continue to face. So we really wanted to show the real people behind what's happening and behind all of these numbers. It sounds like we, the Patriots, and you working with them have so much going on, a lot in the works, getting to the bottom of these investigations. And clearly the mainstream media isn't doing that. If you watch the mainstream media, it doesn't matter if it's Fox News or CNN. Um, it is very similar storylines. I feel there are so many times where they're just very um, condescending and shut down anyone who offers a different narrative. You know, they really aren't trying to to give anyone a voice, whether it's women who have been experiencing miscarriages, um, who can't um, you know, maintain their pregnancies, women who have, who haven't had a normal menstrual cycle since they got the shot or, um, had, cr you know, crazy menstrual cycles, um, right after or none at all women who have become come out of menopause, women who have, who are young, who have gone into menopause. So whether we're talking about the, the women, um, that have been adversely affected or um, the kids that have been experiencing all these cardiac issues. And it's just really tragic to 
to hear the way that everyone's telling them that it's all in their head. It seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's based in fear, this lack of willingness to have an open dialogue. And the vaccine and medical freedom issue isn't the only topic where this is happening. It just seems in general lately that people are not willing to have open discussions with each other because there's a stigma on one side or they're afraid of what people think. I do think with the vaccine issue, there's a fear on the part of probably the government and doctors that, okay, if there's some doubt in certain vaccines, then no one will want to get any vaccines anymore. And then all like smallpox and polio and all these terrible, terrible illnesses will come back in full force. So what's your thought on that? Rebecca, I think it's a, it's a wider issue than that. People are afraid. They're afraid because if they start to question this and they start to go down this path, all of the narratives and all of the experts and everyone that they've been told that they could trust their whole lives, that begins to crumble around them. And that's a hard, harsh reality for a lot of people to face. We have very few companies that are running pretty much everything from our food to our pharmaceuticals to um, our agriculture. There are many companies that, <laughs> that own both agriculture and seed, food, and our uh, medicine that we, that we consume. So it's, it's all predicated on money and profits for them. So what are the other top issues, in your opinion, that American families should really be paying attention to in the next few months. The U.S. is the leader in sex trafficking worldwide. We are the number one consumer of sexual content, and that is not even counting what's happening at the border. And only 2% of sex trafficking is kidnapping. So most of the sex trafficking is happening because of the over-sexualization of our society, our kids, and that is leading to the desensitization of our population. And actually the average age of kids here in the United States that are exposed to porn is eight to 10 years old. And the majority of these kids, the first exposure that they're having to seeing pornographic content, likely online or on social media, is three or more partners. They're not even seeing a natural two-partner relationship whenever they're being exposed to porn at eight to 10 years old. And so what's happening is these, you know, it's not just men, there are women that, that are falling a prey to, to pornography because it's, a, um, it's addictive. And so by the time they become adults have been desensitized so much that they need elevated sexual content. And that's where the sex trafficking comes in. And it's so easy to do via social media. 65% of teens in America have either sent or looked at from someone else a nude photo. And it's just an avalanche that continues to happen after that, and it's all being perpetuated through social media, private messages, TikTok, you name it. So are you including sending pictures under the umbrella of sex trafficking? Once you start to normalize those things, when they have predators start to ask them to send them nude photos, that does start to become sex trafficking. A lot of this is happening to kids 
with people that they know, whether it's people in their community, their family members, and these kids don't even know that they're victims because they're told that this is how you love one another. They are manipulated and coerced into thinking that this is normal um, because A, they're seeing um, a lot of this stuff on, you know, just out in, in the public and out online for all to see. And so then when it starts to escalate behind closed doors or quote unquote in, you know, private messaging, it just is taken to another level. And these people don't even know they're victims. So of course, it's important for parents to not only have a close relationship with your child where they feel like they can come to you with anything, but also knowing what they're doing on social media. And we, we keep hearing this message over and over, but what you're telling us about now, I mean, it just illustrates how truly important it is. It's really scary. And, you know, I have really young kids, so I'm not to that point yet. And so grace to all the parents out there. But there are a lot of proposed bills that are trying to put an age limit on social media and not allowing minors on social media. And I think it's great. I think that it is something that people should seriously consider and parents need to have a hard line on it. And even just your internet consumption. I have a friend who is now a um, singer in a Christian group called Water Within, and she tells as a part of her testimony that her parents, whenever she was little, owned a computer repair company. And so she got on a computer and just typed in Disney princesses one day and inappropriate things came up through that search and she became addicted to porn at a very young age. And it's because their brains are not yet um, ready to see sexual content. They know deep down that it's wrong, but they don't know, you know, they're, they're just kids. And so it's a really scary um, path if someone like that, who um, comes from a Christian home, who knows Jesus um, and who found Jesus, you know, and, and escaped that cycle, um, it can happen to anybody. We have to put forth the work as parents ourselves, whether it is with the food that they are eating and consuming and making sure that that is clean and coming from good places, or if it has to do with the content that your kids are being fed, whether it's through social media, whether it's at school, you have to put in the time and the effort and um, rethink how society has tried to make us too busy to parent our kids and just too busy to do anything but entertain ourselves and shuffle each other from one uh, task or sporting event or whatever to the next. It's going to take work to find true freedom, but it is so wonderful on the other side. We have to start with our kids now. It does feel that we're being purposefully distracted so we don't take the time to be proactive and look for all of these things. Where would you tell parents to get started in this research? I know you mentioned um, you have some resources on your website. Where did you find those? And when you look at numbers, how do you know that they're not being skewed one way or the other? It's always a challenge with statistics. It is always a challenge with statistics. A lot of this data, the majority of this data is being cited by the CDC. And so I just say, start small. Everything that we've been doing, and we're still on our journey, um, for our family, whether it's on the education side, the clean living side, the medical side, what have you, we're still figuring it out too as we go along. But you start small. You know, you start by um, the next time you need to purchase something at the at the store, um, looking at buying possibly organic. You know, look to the next time you need meat, look to source it 
in bulk from a local farmer who you know how they're raising their animals. Um, you know, all those various things of trying to break yourself from the system, it's all baby steps. And the education, it's all baby steps. You don't have to learn everything right now overnight. The resources that we have, everything's linked. You know, a lot of this, Rebecca, is hiding in plain sight. People just haven't taken it upon themselves to go look at it. I've been working with OBGYN specifically post-COVID. It goes deep and the information is out there in plain sight if you are willing to take the time to look at it yourself. Are there any other specific sources that um, you go to regularly to get your news? Oh, that's a great question. So there's a lot, there's so many places. Children's Health Defense, if you guys sign up for their newsletters, they have phenomenal information. And this is data coming straight out of our government, coming straight out of um, these states. And um, they tackle all sorts of issues, whether it's vaccines, fluoride in our water, you know, you name it, the toxins that we're surrounded with and how we can um, educate ourselves on that and make good choices to, to mitigate that as much as we can moving forward. Uh, Weston A. Price Foundation, I'm a member of the Weston A. Price Foundation, it's $25 a year, and their information on health and food and clean living is fantastic. They spoon feed it to you. It's great. And again, all of that you can cross-reference with the studies that they're showing you. And um, there's just a wonderful community of doctors out there. You can find them on Twitter, a lot of them, that are just showing you the information straight out of these studies. People can call them quacks, but when you reference actual data, I think that lends at least some legitimacy. <laughs> It does. It lends a lot of legitimacy. And you can and you can look at it yourself then after that. Mm -hmm. So to end on sort of a lighter note, um, I watched one of your recent episodes. Are you homesteading now? I know you just recently moved back to the St. Louis area. We did. We just recently moved back and we are we're trying to set it up now. It is quite the labor of love and we're not even close to being there yet. But in 2021, we got chickens in our subdivision in Florida. And so you know, I said that was kind of our gateway into um, giving us a false ego that we think we can homestead now because we had three chickens in a subdivision in Florida. But here we are trying to give it a shot. We have a, a long road ahead of us, but we hope to, you know, feed our family off of the land as much as we can and to, um, you know, and to really connect with God's creation and to give our kids that phenomenal upbringing um, as well. I grew up in the country. I grew up in the woods and, you know, playing in the woods and getting dirty out there instead of, um, you know, the plastic playgrounds that we've all become uh, so accustomed to. But I think it's important. I know we, we can't all, you know, get out there and start our own homestead, but there's a lot of ways that you can create freedom for you and your family. Well, I think that's a great note to end on. Taryn Gregson, thank you so much for joining us today. I don't know. It seems like everything happens for a reason. I mean, you are just so passionate about everything you're fighting for. And I'm so happy for you that you found this. Oh, well, thank you. It's been a crazy road and we don't always know, uh, you know, where our next paycheck's coming from, but we do have peace knowing that God will provide. And I think that people need to know that, that yes, um, you can step outside the system. You can um, step outside having a 401k and benefits and life will be okay. God will provide for you. And, you know, it's scary and freeing all at the same time. You can do it.
Taryn, you mentioned your website. If anyone wants to go to her website to see all of those sources she was talking about, that's TarynGregson.com, T-E-R-Y-N-G-R-E-G-S-O-N.com. And thank you all for being with us here on Momletics today. I'm your host, Rebecca Sheehan. We'll see you next time.